Welcome to the podcast, The Storyteller, in which we talk to South Africans who have a special story to tell. Gail Gilbride, author of the novels Under the African Sun and Behind the Blue Door, was diagnosed with breast cancer in August 2019. Part of her therapy has been to write a blog which chronicles her journey. My initial reaction was disbelief, denial, I suppose. I felt incredibly healthy. I thought perhaps the doctor, who was really kind and I knew she was very efficient, but I thought she must have made a mistake. She's got the wrong results in front of her. It couldn't possibly be me. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, I think probably like many people, my first reaction was complete disbelief. It's been a long journey. um, And it's a journey that it's really, I can really only take it day by day. I don't know how long it's going to be. I'm hoping that by August this year, I will be through it. But there are never any guarantees. And uh, it's really just step by step, like any journey, I suppose, one step at a time. At the beginning of 2020, the COVID-19 pandemic arrived. And for Gail, it has made life even more challenging. Well, it definitely is a double whammy. (laughs) And, um, you know, all I can say is to all of us out there who are doing this double journey, it's it's really difficult. So I've isolated myself and I feel safer like that. And the only thing I can do is make sure I stay as healthy as possible. I watch what I'm eating. I watch what I'm drinking. And, again, it's a, a real test in in resilience because it's a day at a time journey and I'm very aware that I I just cannot afford to take any extra risks. Gail, I mean, I know you've described yourself as a social butterfly. Yes. (laughs) So people are very important to you and they've been very important to you in terms of your uh, recovery. Yes. has has this not been difficult during COVID-19 lockdown? Yes. To not have that interaction? Yes, it's been very difficult. Um, I have tried to get myself into a routine every day and do, do a lot of editing work, a lot of writing. In the evening, I've taken up knitting again. I'm a really bad knitter, but I'm learning. <laughs> when I do occasionally in the middle of the night, <laughs> I get a little panicky about things. But mostly during the day, I, I choose when I wake up in the morning to think positively. I make that choice. And I don't allow, I only update the my corona news in the evening and once I've got the update, I switch off the news. I think it's just too stressful to to have it coming at you all day long and all evening long. Many of us now with COVID-19 have really had to face, or some of us have just not faced it, but it's the issue of mortality. I think you're probably a step ahead of 
so many of us in that this is an issue that you have been looking at from every angle for since August last year? Um, I think for, for all of us, uh, cancer or not, but simply doing this corona journey, um, fear is our biggest enemy. And fear and panic are just not helpful. So that's why I restrict my intake of news. I'm not burying my head in the sand, but I don't want news coming at me all the time. Um, and I think that to, to keep your mind peaceful and retain a calmness is absolutely essential. And, a, you know, a step-by-step day-to-day approach does really help with that. I do also try to connect with friends via Zoom or uh, WhatsApp either a daily or, or every second day. But, yeah, I think that to avoid getting into a spiral of fear and panic is, is one of the vital steps one can take. A milestone of Gail's treatment was finishing intravenous chemotherapy. It was not without its ups and downs. She ended up in hospital after a bad reaction to anti-nausea medication, again when her bowel shut down, and for a third time to have a port inserted as her veins had collapsed. But she celebrated the end of this treatment with much aplomb. I didn't realise it was going to be my last chemo session because I still had two more scheduled. But uh, as there was getting me ready for the 11th um, chemo, my doctor came rushing in to say, no, 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 no more. We're stopping now. And so that was quite a surprise. And then there's a tradition in the chemo room at at Vincent Pilotti that when you finished your, your sessions, you go up and ring this big brass bell three times and uh, make a little speech to celebrate the end of that part of the journey. So, you know, I'd watched it happen so often, but I didn't realize how excited I'd be when it was actually my turn to do it. My doctor told me immediately that I would lose my hair. She didn't want me to have any illusions about that. So before my chemo started, I actually had my hair cut into a very short pixie style so that I'd be used to losing my longer hair. And, um, yeah, I didn't lose it after the first chemo, but just before the second one started, I lost it all. It just all fell out. And, yes, it is traumatic, but somehow I didn't think it was the worst thing to happen. I knew that the chances are it would grow back, and it is. It's now silver (laughs) and still very short. But... um, I'm embracing my new silver look. While Gail has embraced mainstream medicine, she's also looked at alternative treatments such as homeopathy, CBD oil, hypnosis, Reiki and art therapy. She is also very careful about her diet. But in her blog, it's very clear that a certain Archie is essential to her well-being. Yes. <laughs> yes, Archie's probably my main therapist. He's my feral tomcat. 
and uh, he's he's very very important for me on this journey. He was always important, but he's he's taken on the role of of giving me cat therapy, and it's it's a vital part of my healing. So you noticed uh, changes in his behaviour the moment you became sick. Yes, yeah. Archie's not a cuddly cat at all. Uh, he's he's half feral. He's absolutely gorgeous, but he's he's not a, a domesticated cat, and he's not a, a cat who loves to sit on laps. So, in fact, all the love is totally on his terms. And if you cuddle him when he doesn't want to, he might very well bite you. But on the day that I was diagnosed, that that night, Archie came and curled up into my legs and slept with me for the whole night. And he did that until I was through the worst of the treatment. It's only later on that he started going back to his normal hunting activities in the evening. But um, I still get massages and every morning he comes for a few minutes to check that I'm okay. But as I got, as I improved, he backed off again and went about his normal activities. So he'd never done that before? Never, no. He'd never done that before. <laughs> Isn't that remarkable? It is remarkable. I think he picked up that there was something wrong, that I wasn't well, and that's how he reacted. And it, it was interesting too because I, I think you became quite dependent on him as well. Yes, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, one night I got up, to, he didn't come to my bed, and I got up to see where he was and called him. I was getting quite anxious. And then he came plodding down the stairs as if to say, I am here, what's your problem? You know? <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, I, I did become very dependent on him. And uh, I've also accepted now that I'm through the worst, although I'm still on the journey, but he feels that I'm through the worst and I, and I quite accept that he can create more distance again. At the beginning of 2020, Gail hoped that she was on the home straight. She still faced surgery and radiation, but light threw her an unexpected curved ball. I, I did have the surgery, which was very successful, and I, rec I was recovering beautifully. And then about a week afterwards, I developed a, a huge seroma in my breast, which is like a having a huge watermelon suddenly appear in your breast. <laughs> and, um, yeah, so that took a little while to sort out. I had to have it drained twice. Um, in fact, three times I had it drained. And then finally my body took over and did the rest itself. But it meant that they had to swap the radiation and the oral chemo around. So I have... I'm on oral tablets now, and the radiation will only come at the end of that. I did have a little meltdown when I realized I needed to do quite a few months of Zaloda, the oral chemo. Somehow I hadn't factored that in. and um, But I'm used to it now. I'm on it. So I will take the Zaloda until the end of July, middle of July, and then have a little break and then go straight into the radiation. 
Hmm. Are you worried about going into a hospital now in the corona environment? Yes, I am. Um, and I'd, I didn't actually want to. But yesterday I had an appointment with my doctor and um, I went along. I was told to wait into my car until the doctor was ready for me. And then the secretary al alerted me when I could come in. My temperature was tested, which was, and it was absolutely fine. I was taken straight through to the doctor's rooms. Everything's very sterile, um, very, very organized. And, yeah, I was really impressed with the arrangements they have made at the hospital. I felt quite safe and very protected. People have complimented Gail about how positive she comes across in her blog. But one can't help wondering how easy it is to keep on being positive. I am an optimist by nature, but I, I do make a decision to choose positivity because it would be easy to spiral down and I'm, I'm not going to do that. I really am determined to survive this. I know there are no guarantees, but I'm going to give it my very best shot. I did say in one blog, St. Peter will, will get a huge mouthful if I don't survive this when I get to the pearly gates. <laughs> it is always a decision every morning to be positive, and there are times when I don't manage it. But something else, too, uh, which I, I must mention, is that I think a spiritual connection is vital. I do think we, we all have a, a flame inside us, a life flame, that you need to keep, a, you need to keep burning. And unless you have that spiritual bond, whether it's you're with your higher self or with your God or your source, it, it's difficult if you, if you don't go deeper into, into your soul. Yeah, I do believe that we are spiritual beings in human bodies. And um, to, in order to keep that, that flame alive, I need to be aware of my soul. Gail's blog is found at www.gailies.com. That's spelt G-A-I-L-I-E-S dot com. A special thanks to Freesound. This podcast was brought to you by Digital Storyteller.